Welcome to this special episode of Tar Town Talks. After a successful first season and before the second season will premiere in early 2018, I'm proud to present this exclusive interview with Connor Oberst, the singer, songwriter, and frontman of Bright Eyes, Desaparecidos, and the Mystic Valley Band. Starting in 2013, a gloomy chapter was added to the story of Connor Oberst. All of a sudden, Oberst was falsely accused of having raped a fan at a show at Cat's Cradle in Carborough, North Carolina, 10 years earlier. The interview you're about to listen to, however, does not deal with the details of the accusation, the libel lawsuit that followed it, or how it affected the record sales of Oberst. Suffice to say that Oberst was undoubtedly innocent, and that his accuser completely retracted her story, admitting she lied to get attention. Instead, this interview, which was recorded earlier this year in Copenhagen, focuses on how to find peace in this world, through meditation, marriage, soothing YouTube videos, getting older, and, especially for Oberst, through songwriting. After the false accusations, the mental state of Oberst declined. In his own words, Oberst went on tour with his old punk band Desaparecidos to outrun the nightmare he was living in. During the tour, however, a doctor had to check in on the health of Oberst as he was clearly not feeling well. He was diagnosed with unusually high blood pressure, a cyst was discovered on his brain, and the tour was cut short about a month. He then returned home to his native Nebraska after having lived for over a decade in New York. Back in Omaha, he went through the therapeutic recovery process of writing the songs that would appear on both the stripped-down album Ruminations and then the full band album Salutations. It is against this backdrop that the following conversation about finding peace took place. The first question for Connor Oberst is about which kind of moment he finds himself pursuing the most, the tranquil and peaceful moment or the excited and ecstatic moment? Hmm. I mean, I would say I, you know, like or seek out them, both of them, um, at different occasions. I would say it's harder for me to get to the tranquil moment. You know, I'm usually I'm kind of minds racing, and it's hard. You I know, mean, I'm not the best at like just relaxing. And but I, but when it does happen, and you get to that moment of like peace, it's like. You know, I think it's probably even better than the exciting moment. It's pretty easy to get to ex- exciting yeah. moments, you know. Uh, who do you look for, uh, or who do you look to for inspiration in terms of keeping yourself sane and calm in this world? Well, um, you no, know, my father, I've always been impressed by, it's kind of like, no matter what happens, like in... Uh, like his life or like with my family or like any you know so many um like challenging things that happen through life it's like he always manages to like keep an even head you know you know he's a really like solid um person in that respect like he doesn't he doesn't um he doesn't get carried away like like I tend to do so I look up to him um a lot in that regard um, and you mentioned that your favorite feeling is finishing a song, right? Uh, do you recall a specific song of yours that uh, made you feel particularly good once it was finished? Like one that really came together? Uh-huh. Um, you know, they all feel pretty good. Um, 
I mean, I get sometimes I get asked like you kind of had to pick like your favorite song that you yeah. wrote which is like a weird question mm-hmm. but I always my go-to answer is this song um, called Cape Canaveral that's like on one yeah. of uh, my older records but I don't know something about that song I like singing that one because it's still there's parts of it that are still sort of like mysterious to me like why the words go together and yeah. like what it means I, that's what I like about it, you know. Like it's, I kind of I can keep singing it and keep thinking about it, and it doesn't doesn't wear out as much as like some of my other songs have to All me, right. you know. So yeah, that's good. For some reason, Four Winds uh, comes to mind as one that must have felt really good. Yeah, like just yeah. the way it kicks off and the yeah. starting lyric and everything. Yeah, I like. Um, yeah, I like that one still a lot. Like the, I think the the language is. There's a lot of like movement in the in the words and how they're they're connected and in between like the way the one one verse goes into the next and um, yeah it's kind of uh, fast paced I guess yeah so that's 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 fun yeah uh, do you ever use that awareness of how good it feels to finish a song uh, to to pick yourself up like you like mm-hmm. oh I don't feel too good mm-hmm. I'm gonna write a song I mean to be honest like a lot of this this new record was um it was really you know because i had been um you know had to get off the road because i was like i had this like kind of weird health scare and i was like home and um you know just kind of in my house and it was really like like, wintertime nebraska so i was just uh i don't know i really needed to do it i hadn't written in a while and i hadn't really felt like writing in a long time but when all the songs started to come it really um I don't know. It was like exactly what I needed at the time. Even mm-hmm. even though it's like you listen to songs and they're not exactly um, you know fun songs, but uh, <laughs> sure. but I think there was you know that to me it's always like when you're able to kind of put something down that makes sense to me and kind of helps clarify like things I'm thinking or feeling and like makes them you know sort of tangible. Then right. they then they have like you know. They sort of have like less power over me, you know, like any of those, like, like a lot of negative thoughts. Like if you can, you know, it's like you take that and then you like, you know, you make something out of it that's, you know, hopefully like a value or at least feels like I was able to express something that that I needed to like clarify for myself. And so, yeah, yeah that something was... Something good came out of something possibly yeah, shitty or Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, so you're a married man now. To what extent does your wife take on the role of talking sense into you and you get too wound up? Yeah. Oh, and she's yeah. That's another. I, sh- I should have thought of her for your other question. Um, because <laughs> she's also like, I mean, she's got a great personality. Definitely like sort of a yin and yang thing where she's like always calm and like very like she's just like a really like low key calm person. I mean, sometimes she gets upset, but she's like yeah. really um. Yeah, she's just really chill and, like, very, like, I don't know. She, like, has, like, a beautiful garden and she's, like, patient and she, like, you know, she's, like, kind of all the things that, like, I would have, I can't do, you know. It's hard for me to sit still. It's hard for me to, I don't know, plan ahead too far and, like, or just, like, you know. So she's, yeah, she, um, she's really good about, you know, she's, she's, she's a very, like, calming effect on yeah. me which is nice 
not to get too private or anything, but was that part of what attracted, uh, what made you, attracted her to you? Yeah. Or no, the other I th- way around. Um, I always get Right. No, I'm not doing Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, absolutely. It's a, you know, I think I, I know for myself, but I think everyone kind of universally, like there's a part of you that's like wanting, you know, like to, to kind of go out and like the whole like adventure of the world. But if you find someone that like makes you feel like, I don't know, kind of like safe and protected and like grounded. Yeah. Grounded. Exactly. You know? And so, yeah, she does that for me. So that's, that's been a big, uh, big cool. plus. Uh, so I got to an interview slash, uh, uh, a while ago or two years ago. Oh, slash. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he told me, uh, in the interview that he's still ultra insecure and that he's as nervous about going on stage as he's ever been. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he's, I mean, you played yeah. a lot of shows. He's yeah. played even more. And I was kind of surprised to hear that. Yeah. It's like, you'd think he would be like so confident walking on stage. But yeah. How, how, can you relate to that? Oh, for sure. I always, um, there's always, I mean, it's not like a long period of time, but I would say like, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes before it's time to go on. Yeah. Like it just, it's like a physical thing. You know, you just, you can feel like the adrenaline, you know, starts ramping up and, um, and like, yeah, it's like, it's not like, it's not as bad as like a panic attack, but no. it's like, you just, it's just like, can feel like physiologically like I can feel things like changing and then I usually go out there and I kind of know after I mean sometimes knock on wood sometimes things can go wrong (laughs) at any time but I usually for me it's like if I once I get through like the first couple songs and I kind of like feel like okay I got this and then the rest of the show is like you know that that anxiety or whatever kind of it like goes away or yeah, lessens. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so the very first line on salutations in Too Little to Fix yeah. is about meditation. Mm-hmm. That yeah. meditation. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. So in a few years ago, in another interview, you talked about your experience uh, with meditation, how you might not become a full-on Buddhist. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Have you figured it all out in the last <laughs> couple of years? No. Um, I mean, I, I, I have an uncle who is... Um, you know, like a, I think he's actually a Buddhist monk or, you know, he's kind of been like ordained and he has like, you know, he does yoga and all the, and all this stuff. And so I've, I've meditated with him a lot and it's full, you know, it's definitely like traditional, like mindfulness meditation. And it's, you know, it's really, really difficult for me, you know, just to like return to the breath and, and like, you know, it's like supposed to let, you're supposed to let the thoughts go by, but like not attached to them, you know, which is like, how do you do that? Um, so I've, I've still been working on it and then, yeah, like, like, like I'm not, I'm pretty bad at sleeping. Like I've got like a lot of times I have like pretty deep insomnia. And so like, yeah, I'll go onto like YouTube and like listen to weird like sleep meditations, like where they try to like soothe you. And it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I usually have to sleep with like some, some kind of. I don't really like silence, so I have to like have something like an earbud in with like either like an audiobook or music. But music sometimes, sometimes I got if it's the right music, it can work. But it's it's, it's weirdly better when it's like a voice like yeah. talking. So sometimes I just put on weird like yeah. sleep. Yeah. So have you discovered in this process any kind of like quick fix if you experience immediate stress or anxiety? You know, 
I mean, I do think it helps to like, I've been seeing this therapist like for like, I mean, last like, I guess like year and a half maybe. Mm-hmm. And she's the first one. I mean, I've been to like those types of people many times in my life, but she's the first one that I like truly, I like, I just, I love her. She's been like so helpful and she's so cool. And, um, yeah, she, she's always encouraging me to like, uh, to notice like throughout the day, like anything that even small things, but things that make you feel calm or things that start to make you feel anxious. And so that you can like kind of start. And then if, and when you do have something that makes you feel calm or a moment where you're like feeling good, it's like to just kind of like try to absorb it like physically so that hopefully like the next time you're in a situation where I'm getting anxious, I can, I can like revert because so much of it is like, you know, it's like your ego is like such a sliver of like who you are. You know, it's like your actual, your subconscious is like mostly who you are. So I kind of like training that to remember because it's really your ego that wants you to like freak out on something. Yeah. Like your actual body wants you to be calm. So it's like if you can, I mean, I think that's the whole trick is just trying to basically like, you know, ignore your ego and just like yeah. let. <laughs> You know, which is really hard to do, obviously. But, you know, focus on, like, just, like, feeling in your body. Like, that's another, like, trick um, they say is to, like, like, you know, whatever it is. Like, you can always feel any part of your body, like, if you just think about it. But just, like, focusing on something, like, physical on you as opposed to, like, the laundry list of other thoughts that are going down. You know, so I've, I've tried that. I mean, with moderate degrees of success, but... Yeah, I keep working. <laughs> yeah. So in this day and age when everyone apparently wants to become famous, uh, a lot of famous people talk about how, how overrated it is, yeah. not least in terms of like of privacy and all the crazy people you have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, but aside from providing better financial opportunities, uh, do you find that there's an overlooked aspect of fame that is actually positive and provides calm and stability to your life? Um, I don't know if I would say calm and stability but i will say there is you know it's a very it's a very like gratifying feeling when like you know setting aside the creeps and like the scariest you know the terrifying yeah. people that there's plenty up and you know my music tends to like attract like, a fair share of those but but then there's like the t- you know then there's like the moment where it's like you know meet some kid on you know waiting outside the bus and you can just tell like they're so they're so stoked you know and they're like you know whatever like sometimes they're like kind of like shaking like but you can i can usually immediately tell if it's like a sweet like there's really nervous or if it's like this is a freaking just like (laughs) a creep but but like when yeah just like if you meet someone you know and like i don't know just to like give them a hug and like talk to them for a second and just like really makes their you know, makes the day like big time. And like, that's a, that's a pretty cool like power to have, you know, to be able yeah. to like really make someone happy, you yeah. know, with like such little effort, oh, for sure. you know? So that's definitely like a, a good thing. Yeah. And to be able to like, I don't know, like kids will ask me about like, who are like aspiring musicians and just be able to like, take a second and just kind of like, tell them what I think or like, just basically tell them to like, you gotta keep writing songs. You gotta keep just play for anyone who listen to you. Like that kind of just sort of like 
dad talk. You know? <laughs> <Pretty cool. laughs> Since you mentioned dad talk, have you have you found that there's a correlation between growing older and being more at peace? Um, I don't know. For me, it comes in in waves. Like there's times when I was younger that I, I felt more calm, and then I'm definitely, you know, I think. I mean, obviously, like the nature of growing old and ha- accumulating like experiences is, you know, in theory, they're less, they should be less impactful because you've seen it happen so many times, you know, like when something, when something happens the first time in your life, like falling in love or yeah. someone dying or whatever, you yeah. know, it seems it's like such, it's so intense. And then, you know, like, you know, now I just, I don't know, I guess it's kind of grown into more of a, more of a, it's not, it's not so acute, you know. It's more of like a, you know, existential panic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like everything, you know. Just like everything that is is potentially terrible that could happen is probably going to happen, whether to you or someone you love or a stranger. Like every, all that stuff is happening. So it's like almost like, I guess like if I can trick my mind into realizing like you shouldn't spend your time being so afraid or like stressed out because it's already going to happen. You know, it's more about like getting into a mindset where you can like accept it and like, you know, do more productive, you know, try to balance the scales a little bit. Like yeah. do like, you know, provide more like kindness or something like put some other energy back into the world yeah. to like balance it out because being afraid and like, you know, freaking out or hiding under covers I mean like which is like what I you know would want to do in, in a lot of circumstances just doesn't really get you anywhere you know so but do you regard uh, uh, as you grow older what you regard what you're experiencing as cynicism even though it's actually you're mm. as you're putting mm. it, you're tricking your mind into actually mm. uh, having a more positive outlook mm-hmm. but but it's the foundation of it, cynicism. Um, that all the right. bad shit is gonna happen. Right, right. <laughs> sort of put it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that I feel like that is just sort of pretty, pretty much realism. I mean, I do, I can fall victim to like cynicism too, but that's more of like, I don't know, it's more in like superficial ways, like. Like, you know, you hear some, like, music or see some band. You're just like, oh, not this, not this again. Really? Like, right. if you're going to do this again? Yeah. Or, like, you know, or just feeling, like, just jaded. You know, basically not feeling, like, as grateful as I should for, like, things I have, you know? Like, that's pretty shitty. And I try not to let myself do that too much. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, for sure, yeah. It's, like, it's easy to talk shit on, like, everyone and, like, think everything's, like, lame and, like, been done before. But... Like who? Want, I don't know. I just don't want to be that guy. I'd rather like give give everyone and everything like at least a chance, you know. And then if you did, if I decide it sucks, then I'm you know then it's fine. Then I know it. But <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. like it's like when you go into something, when you go into a situation like ready to like hate on it, which I think so many so many people do, you know. Yeah. And that's like I don't know. It's just not like. A, Good way to live, I don't think. So I remember Bill Maher talking about after Obama got elected that the whole country became a better place because America suddenly had a president that women thought was sexy. <laughs> uh, and with Trump, it seems like the opposite is happening. Uh, do you agree with Bill Maher in the sense that whoever's president gets to determine the mood of the country? Absolutely. I mean, I'm. I was so 
happy that I, I was going to be over here for like the inauguration because, you know, obviously, I mean, it's it, it's um, it's unbelievable to me, like in like the literal sense, like yeah. it's hard to believe. And um, it's just so terrifying and embarrassing and like and just and, like depressing. A lot of people can talk about how tame Bush suddenly seems by comparison to mm-hmm. Trump. Uh, do you have a follow-up or two to when the president talks to God, obviously? Um, I, if it, I, I'm willing to, if it strikes, um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. The, do you feel an urge to write songs about, not I mean, specifically Trump? But yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, for me, like, I, it's hard for me to... I mean, when the president talks to God, is probably, like, the one example, like, where I was just... I wanted... I, I felt like I had to put forward a message that's why it's like not that good of a song you know it's like it's like a commercial for like ideas (laughs) you know um so when you listen back to ruminations and salutations in 10 years uh which versions of the songs do you expect you'll like more i mean i'm i'm personally way more into salutations just because you know it's i understand and i it's i i you know it makes me feel good like the you know the way it kind of happened was I was making the band record and then the label this guy yeah. David by the at the label really encouraged me to release the the recording so he got me to do it and I'm I'm happy that I did and I think you know I think people like hearing it in those forms mm-hmm. but for me you know my favorite stuff is usually like other things that are happening like on the recordings I oh, like that's this great guitar part or I love right. this drum beat or I love like when Jim James sings harmony with me, you know, and the records, I mean, it's got like the Fleece Brothers who are like yeah. my favorite band. Yeah. And <laughs> and then, you know, Jim Keltner, who's like, that was such an amazing experience. The yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, kind of, it's like doing it with all your friends and mm-hmm. being able to sort of borrow their superpowers and put them on your songs, you know, it's yeah. like, so that's really cool. So the band record is always going to be more fun to me, yeah. but it's cool they both exist, you know? That was the conclusion of my interview with Connor Oberst. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe even found some inspiration on how to keep calm in this crazy world. This episode was produced, recorded, and edited by me, Michael Elbeck, and the theme tune was done by Granddaddy's Jason Lytle. Stay tuned for the second season of Torah Town Talks, and be sure to hit subscribe so you won't ever miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening.